Hey Geekscapists, welcome back to a brand new Geekscape. This is Jonathan London bringing you through a brand new exciting week of movies, video game, and comic book news and reviews. And if you're new to Geekscape, you'll know that I'm always joined every week with a co-host. This is my good friend Nar Williams. You guys have seen him on Geekscape before. If you're new to him, uh, he's the host of the Science Channel's Science of the Movies. Now this is a behind-the-scenes special effects show talking about the technology behind some of our biggest cinematic yeah. films tv tv as well and uh we are friends because we both work on a show for crave online called heads up where nar is the host and i'm a bit of the correspondent uh sorry for the distraction just now but our good friend brian gilmore who runs the camera he's over here camera left there are the niblets uh, is just tinkering with the wires. You, I'm making sure Nard doesn't bring the camera down with him because he was okay. That happened that. last time, I think, right? He was using yeah, the camera was... went down. <laughs> so uh, Nard, how, how have you been? We saw you briefly last week when you asked everybody to uh, oh, yeah. download the episode. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. Thank you for letting me have that promo spot. That's like that's like prime property on the Geekscape.net. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. That was cool. uh, and you were up there for. Over a week. Yeah, very so, cool. Thank you. Um, that's great. Um, how has Science of the Movies been? It's, how, how are the numbers? It's, I don't know. They don't fucking don't lie to me. They don't, don't fucking tell you me You can that lie shit. to him. Don't lie to me. Hundreds um, of thousands. How could, you be, how could you be the main host of a show and they, they don't share with you performance um, data? The, the, net, the network is, you know, networks are very secretive about their numbers unless uh, they're... Don't lie to me. Unless they're like, unless they have a smash hit, then they release it on a press release. No, so obviously yeah. it's not a smash oh, hit. They're no. really secretive about the numbers. They're only on Entertainment Weekly every week. Yeah, well, if it's, yeah, if it's, you know. But but you're, we're talking about, there's, there's back up here. We're talking about Discovery Science Channel, okay? okay. There's, have, have you ever seen any numbers released from Discovery Science Channel? No. Science of the Movies. Entertainment Weekly last week, you guys got like two million, right? Yeah, I, I heard they're adapting into a film. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. I heard there's a video game. We actually do a lot of, uh, you know, IndieMogul.com? I like uh, IndieMogul, yeah. Breck, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he, he's a guest sometimes on the show, and we do like little, like mini indie film sketches, which are, are a lot of fun. But anyway, it's Thursdays at 8 p.m. on Discovery Science Channel. Yeah, you Now, is that it. just in the United States? Because you know we are a global show here at Geekscape. We're downloaded pirated yeah, everywhere. It's, it's actually, it's really, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's shown uh, in different regions of the world. Uh, in fact, someone... Oh, I'm so happy. Someone just uh, commented on my really? blog uh, from... They say, I'm from Malaysia, and I, I I just watched this episode like weeks ago. This was on weeks ago, so I don't know how, mm -hmm. how it works, but yeah. Because yeah, okay. Terminator 2 like, just came out for some of these people. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird that they, they've seen a lot of these episodes worldwide where we're just now getting them in the States. I, I don't know. I don't know. How Honestly? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and do you get a lot of uh, foreign cores like foreign correspondence from like your fans? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, actually, one of them has turned into quite the geekscapist. Do you know this guy? YouTube's YouTube's number one, number fan? one fan. Uh, he he uh, he was a uh, you know uh, one of my com regular commenters on my blog and on my YouTube channel. How long has that guy been around? Stalking, um, stalking since, you? <laughs> no, he's not stalking me. Um, since since the since May like since May or June since the the show Shows premiered on, yeah. and and then and then he came over to Geekscape recently. <laughs> which yeah, is I awesome. Mean, he started a thread and in the thread he started looked like just a cut and paste from like a press release or something. We thought he was a bot, so we started joking about how he was a robot and stuff like that. And uh, he's not a bot. He's just a dedicated yeah, fan. He's just he's just intense. And when we, remember we went out to dinner that one night. We started talking to him because he's from Qatar. Of course, the joke came out Qatar hero. And talking That's Qatar. what he plays. Now he Qatar. goes by Qatar hero. Now his is. Have you seen that? Yeah. I love the I love the 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 audience of Geekscape. Yeah. I love that the first thing that they do instead of welcoming a person who might be real, just socially <laughs> awkward, they just like, blast the, their oh. first. Intention is just a ridicule. Anyone who comes on, yeah, it's, it's great. It's what are you a, looking for? I'm looking for shit, man. We 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 He's so distracted. Here it is. Here it is. Can can you hand me uh, my computer, Gilmore? I I, I forgot. I, we got to do this. Remember the pacify me contest? No. Before I forget, no, we were gonna give away a copy of this book. I, I love how Gilmore sucked in his gut when he I, went, I, I, went they, listen. I, I was, oh, Brian, you are you need to fucking hit a treadmill. <laughs> So guys, yeah. so so Brian, remember? Uh, I, I was just talking about how great our audience is, and I, and I love our fan base. And it reminded me that we haven't given away this book, my buddy Chris Mancini's Pacify yeah. Me book. But I chose somebody that I wanted to give it away to. Oh, how? Got it. Uh, well, you had to enter the contest. What happened? Uh, you had to type in Pacify Me with like a story about geek fatherhood. 
And and, uh, and here, hold this. That's our prize. And uh, let me read this email real quick. We got a handful of entries, and I forwarded you guys the best one. And I think that that best one still stands. Okay. You now, how did you did you take the ent entries on the forum, or just direct emails, no. or how did you? Uh, direct emails. Direct emails. Okay. So listen, th this guy. Uh, I think he lives in Atlanta. He does live in Atlanta. Uh, his name's Nathan Crenshaw. And uh, what's funny is he added me on Facebook as a fan of the show. I thought he went to high school with me. Yeah. And I was and I, and I was thinking it was some other guy named Nathan who I went to high school with. He didn't end up being anything. Um, but this guy uh, emailed me and he he wrote, um, "I'd really like to get a, uh, my hands on a copy of that book if it's not too late. I'm the father of an 11 year old girl and my wife is pregnant with her second one now. She's actually due in three weeks." Maybe he's had the baby by now. Congrats, well, Let us know, Mr. Crenshaw. That. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. That's the <laughs> roles that he uh, but, but you remember you had to give a, a memory about being a yeah. good father. So he wrote, one of my greatest memories with my daughter is taking her to Dragon Con in Atlanta. We've gone there together every year since she was seven. The first year we went, she dressed as Darth Vader, and it was a huge hit. People stopped us the entire time wanting to get a photo of the four-foot-tall Darth Vader. Once she took the helmet off and they realized it was a girl, they really couldn't believe it. She's still <laughs> obsessed with Darth Vader. I've included a photo of the, uh, from that day. She's taking a break uh, for a hot dog. It's a cute photo. I'm oh, putting it up on the screen cute. right now. That's adorable. Um, yeah, if you guys, you know, we should start a new contest where people dress their kids as uh, people who go on to commit genocide across a galaxy. <laughs> Uh, if you guys have any other uh, people, he's you, the biggest Vader hater I've ever met in my you life. You know what? Vader kind of deserves it. Yeah. Like, so sorry if I'm hating on a guy who pretty much blows up planets. Yeah, but the the other morning we were having breakfast. Uh, who were we having with our friends with? from uh, the People versus George Lucas? The two filmmakers. They, they interviewed us for this documentary. <laughs> and uh, and Jonathan goes on to compare Darth Vader to Hitler. And I just and I just kind of you know uh, I just kind of you know this is what I was Jonathan, talking about. This is what I, I just I was wanted thinking about. him to realize that one of them's fictional <laughs> and one of them actually committed mass genocide. Well, here, here's what here's what I was arguing. Uh, can I get that copy of the book again, Gilmore? Uh, real quick, can, uh, give it to me, beast. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nathan, congratulations! I'm gonna Good mail job, it, I'm, I'm gonna mail this to you. Uh, if you could email me again, make sure I have your e your uh, address. I, I might have it in that <laughs> message, but uh, I'll check. That's okay. You're taking your daughter adorable. to Dragon Con every year—that's that's a good tradition. So congratulations, Nathan. Nathan, <laughs> Dragon Con, Nathan. <laughs> good job. Uh, congratulations, you got yourself a new copy nice. of Pacify Me by Chris Mancini. Anyway, uh, what I was talking about was brand new Geekscape merch, which we're we're gonna do. Oh, and <laughs> so I was like, man, would anybody buy this shirt that had Darth Vader's helmet, and then underneath it it said "Worse than Hitler." Because, 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 look, look, from like an objective, these are who the character, like, like, when you look at the two John, those histories John, of those, John. I know, I know, you, no. you can't sell that fucking shirt. You just can't. I know you can't sell that shirt. And it's, in Hollywood? It's just no, no, warped. you can't sell that shirt anywhere. In the, sa in the same conversation, <laughs> I said, in the Middle East. these are the things that come in my head and I go, huh, I wonder if that was a t-shirt. I know people would buy it, but it wouldn't be worth a shitstorm. And you know what? I don't believe in that. So I do have. You guys wonder if I have a monitor of some of the things that I think and say. I, I was there to monitor you. No, how dare you? I stopped myself. I said, uh, you know what? The Jonathan, prequels don't do it. are. Uh, they they are, are worse than Hitler. Yeah, and they, no, they are analogous <laughs> to, the, to the Vietnam War. Yeah, because they go on forever and they're boring as fuck. Yeah, because that's what the Vietnam War was. Yeah. Boring as fuck. Thanks, Nar. No, but I mean, just the fact that... Never mind. I'm not Speaking gonna... of boring as fuck... Yeah? Let's keep that to yourself, Gilmore. Your opinion. V, v or flash forward? No, we are going to segue into our film reviews this week. Um, guys, we got to talk about the big movie this weekend. This was uh, Roland Emmerich's new disaster porn, 2012, talking about the end of the world... Uh, I guess some solar flares, a planet uh, like alignment causes so like the, the the causes the, a hiccup in the sun, electrolytes, which melts the Earth's core. <laughs> you know what? That would be, they were electrolytes. <laughs> neutrinos. Neutrinos. The, it, 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 the, the sun starts blasting the Earth. Ugh. It heats up the core. The core starts to uh, melt, and the tectonic plates start to just wobble, wobble everywhere. Yeah. And of course, it causes downtown earthquakes. So genius. Um, 
And John Cusack plays a, a dad who's separated from his wife. Oh, uh, is it, is it, and like, the he's, beginning he, of this film is like the beginning of every film where it's like you have the slacker dad yeah. who's been replaced by the successful doctor dad, and his right. kids love that dad. It's like, really? Yeah, and, John uh, Cusack plays Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds in this movie. Yeah, yeah so a good call on that yeah, one. Yeah. So you've got this guy. He's a, he's a limo driver, failed author, and, uh, and you follow his storyline. Along with uh, the storyline of this, uh, what is he? he? He's like a super geologist. This guy who uh, works for for the government. Yeah, he's a geologist. Yeah. Um, and he's starting to get wind of this problem happening because it, he has got a buddy in India who's been monitoring the neutrinos that are hitting the Earth's core, and uh, they're heating it up. They're heating and the it up. The surface is getting unstable. And he goes to the administration, the, the White House, and says, you know, this is what happens. And then he becomes like a key figure in this administration and in this kind of uh, conspiracy to save all the world leaders and rich people. And the rich people, they want to create these arcs, which were, you have to buy you have to buy entry onto. How much is it? It's a billion euros. And once you're on this thing, you know, come hell and high water, which both happened during the course of this movie, yeah. you'll be saved. Um, right. John Cusack, though, hey man, he doesn't have a billion euros. He just wants to save his family and Amanda Pete. And in doing so, uh, he pilots a car downtown uh, during downtown LA, which is crashing. There's a, a lot of airplane escapes. Did, 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 okay, this living, is the movie. living here in LA, did anybody else it. have an anxiety attack watching the whole fucking place like crumble to hell? I'm like. Jesus Christ, I'm like watching, like, you know, streets that I drive down every day just, like, fall into the core of the earth, and it was just a little, you know, it was a lot of fun, the visual effects are, like, really impressive. Uh, I, I, I didn't have a, a huge problem with this movie, I thought it was bad good, Right. you know, I mean, it could have been... What about the running time? It could have been bad shit, uh, you know, it was a long movie. Yeah. And, and I could have done... three hours. They did, they did this... my life. They did this airplane Electro. takes off from the runway before the runway crumbles away gag, like, three times! <laughs> yeah. they, did, they didn't need to do it that many yeah, times. We, we saw the movie with William Bibiani, and his theory was actually that it wasn't the end of the world, it was just the Earth trying to kill John Cusack and his family. On an airplane. <laughs> on a, yeah, so... Hold on. Uh, we locked he, Bibiani no, out. out. Bibiani's here Bibiani. playing oh. new Super Mario Brothers in the area. Bibiani, what's up? What was that about? William, were you here just to derail the, the show? Is that Was that your intent? What was that? Was your intent just to derail the show? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, bye. Six <laughs> and, okay. Uh, Here comes out, out, uh, Brian, you're going to have to grab her. Bibiani. Uh, guys, that's uh, William just... Bibiani. Uh, can they just hear this? You can they hear put, this put snorting? Put her on here. Just, just... I love that. I love the show. Okay. Okay. William, don't make it worse. Get out of the room. I'm trying to get this out of here. You told me to get this out of here. Listen to snorting. Get out of here. The dog stays. Lock the door. Don't let Bibiani back in. I think that's why that door was locked. This is my new girlfriend, Jesus. Lucy. It smells like a bathroom in here now. What was he doing? Okay, put Lucy over here. All right. Put your, put your mic back on. Lucy, you sit here. How you doing, sweetie? You know what I did like uh, that I thought was the most interesting about thing about this movie? Was, um, you sit there. Was the idea that uh, you know that, that, that there's this world leader kind of plan to save you know, a certain amount of the population. Right. And, and I thought that was the most interesting kind of sci-fi element to, to the movie. Because, you know, like with the climate crisis happening, we're all going to be underwater in like 10, 15 years. You, you know, something like this is happening right now, right? You think so? Yeah, for sure. There's, there, there, like the, I don't think this is quite don't, science they, fiction anymore. You don't, you do don't, you know something from the Science Channel in your work there that we don't know? What, that we're all going to be underwater? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not from working at the science channel. It's just from reading, you know, anything. anything about the climate crisis. Okay. Yeah. It's not like we have an energy bill out of Congress yet, but this is a non-political show. It is, Al Gore. Um, that being said, uh, the movie... Lockbox. The movie... Uh, Good eight-year reference. You liked it. I, no, I mean, I, I had fun watching it. It's Like I said, it was in a bad, good kind of way. Like, there was, how many times did you laugh out loud in this movie? Uh, a lot. Every a minutes. lot. Like, so, so that, to me, is success. Yeah, it's good. You're right. right? You're right. Now, the, the movie uh, had some surprise cameos. I didn't expect Woody Harrelson to be in the film. Yeah. He made me laugh pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it, is, um, it is alarming to me, though, that you uh, felt any 
kind of emotion when you saw Los Angeles sinking in because it meant you still had an attachment to the film's plot. Well, it was more of a, like, a, yeah. I was, like, I was like, I was like, all I could think is I saw, like, LA sinking <laughs> was, was like, wait a minute, they just raced to the Santa Monica airport. Now they're racing towards downtown instead of out over the ocean. They're racing back inland so that they can do a cool, let's duck under the collapsing buildings. Yeah, and now they have to go backwards and, like, they had to pull a huge Yui back to the Santa Monica. Yeah. And they, they were taking the shittiest possible route to where they were going. If John Cusack had turned right, um, then they would have been able to maybe, like, cut through some shit and get to the Santa Monica airport sooner, and we wouldn't have had one of those, uh, uh Gilmore, Gilmore, if you and I find ourselves in a plane, yeah. right? And, yeah. uh, and the pilot, because we're neither you or I are pilots, am I right? You're not a pilot? Yeah. Okay, yeah. if there's a pilot, and we're on a plane, and, the, and everything's going to hell in a handbasket, uh, and he goes... Let me fly over some of them downtown buildings that are... And we're in Santa Monica, next to the ocean. Go to the ocean! We kill the pilot and learn to fly fast. Because that guy's really... As qualified I, as he is, he's an idiot. You know, I wouldn't say that it was a personal attachment to the film, what was happening. It was more of a personal attachment to my own paranoia. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I think, like, being from Ohio and live you know I'm, I'm now in LA for like five years I'm still not used to the whole earthquake thing and then and then just like holy shit you know you know it's just kind of regular nervousness what <laughs> just shake the camera Gilmore I'm like Gilmore shake the camera like this is what that movie looked like that was the movie yeah oh um but I mean, what do you say? Do you say go? Do you say go see it in a the theater? Because I mean, uh, there's plenty of pee breaks. Let's not get get me wrong. Yeah, I peed I mean, once. You know, there's plenty of those like kind of long drawn out kind of like character scenes. And those are the movie had characters I felt didn't need. It had scenes I felt it didn't need. And uh, but that being said, for the one time in my life I'm going to watch this film, mm. I had a good time with my buddies Brian Gilmore and William Viviani. You know, if you guys can scrounge up a bunch of your friends who can't, who won't, who refuse to take things seriously, like, you know, the man children I run circles with, uh, go see this movie. And also, uh, can I say, it's also kind of fun to see a big, huge summer event type movie happening in mid-November. Right. Right? That always helps. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Guys, so I guess that is a pseudo-recommendation for 2012. Even though none, neither of us are saying... Come on. No, no. Either, even though Nar and I are, are saying the movie's not good... At all. You're going to have fun watching this movie. You don't like any of the characters. I like, you don't, you're not no, attached no, no, to No, 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 no. There is a great... Oh, wait, wait, there's, there's a great dog scene. There's Lucy, one... Th- Lucy, there's one scene with a dog that you will really have you cheering. There's one like There's crazy. one more thing that I have to say about this film, though. You miss Sasha? Uh, is that the, the at, at the end of the movie, the last line of this movie... I absolutely blew me away. Should I spoil it? Can I spoil no, it? No, 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 yeah, please. No? I would. It's not a movie about anything. No. It's someone saying, no, no, no. The world you, know, you know, Gil- Gilmore, you're not reading the survey results. Uh, some of the survey results from our audience say that they don't like it when we spoil movies. For okay. Them. Oh, no. I want to say that this is a big, huge spoiler, but the, there's just. Uh, let me know on the forums if the last line of this movie blows you away. Like the that's way it, it blew me. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, right. really? That's. That's how we're going to credits here. I, I can only hope, though, that when you sit in the theater watching this movie, uh, as spectacular it is, as it is, you have two friends that are as funny as Gilmore and Viviani with their oh, commentary. Shit. We did not pull any punches I'm on so that I'm so sorry one. I missed out on that, man. It was a lot of fun watching this movie. <laughs> I love... Oh, we can't give it up. Speaking of hilarious films, uh, <laughs> Wes Anderson, uh, last movie he put out was what, Darjeeling Limited? Darjeeling Limited. Okay, and so... The, so I feel personally that Wes Anderson. Uh, I loved um, Rushmore. I feel like that was his best, most balanced, entertaining movie. That's true. And, uh, and that was from, like his first movie. Or no, first Bottle first Rocket. Movie. I thought, Bottle but I loved. Bottle I loved Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Right. I loved Rushmore even more. And then it started feeling like he was making more and more like a, like a play almost. Like you could you could almost put uh, something like Magnif- uh, what was the one with the Royal family? Tenenbaum. Royal Tenenbaums. In Darjeeling Limited and uh, Steve, Steve Zuso, yeah. you could you could put those in like on like a stage and they could almost hold up. Yeah. And so it was it started becoming less about plot and more about like character idiosyncrasies. Mm. And he, I was kind of getting a little bored with the, with, with with it a bit. As, as much as I love his movies, uh, early on I'm like, oh, what's he gonna do to revamp his career? Mm. I got to tell you, there's a new movie out called uh, it's in limited release, but it's gonna be. Of course, it's going to come wider uh, to more theaters. It's called Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is a stop-motion animation movie that has a really good voice cast. It's got a lot of the old players from Wes Anderson movies. Owen Wilson, uh, Bill Murray, 
you, you see uh, Willem, like Willem Dafoe, and yeah, um, it's based on a Roald Dahl book called The Fantastic Mr. Fox, and George Clooney plays Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is a fox who has grown up his entire young fox life um, as a, somebody who steals chickens, mm-hmm. and he ends up in the first scene. Uh, you know, he he goes and steals chickens with the, with someone that he's in a relationship with, and uh, in the midst of having this the, the trap set on them, she reveals, "I'm pregnant." They're sitting in a trap, about to be shot by the by the by the farmer, and she says, "I'm pregnant," and it flashes forward to a more domesticated Mr. Fox, and now he's got a kid. He lives in a in a in a hole in the ground that's been designed to look like a house. And she's made him start walking the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. right? But you, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't just uh, straighten out an old fox like that, mm. right? So now that he's an older guy and he, he has a, a normal job writing for the local newspaper, he still has that want of being something more. He gets a nice house in a tree, and across from there, there's three farmers. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to sneak out with my friends, and we're going to start... Stealing from these You know I'm going to feel The old fire again mm-hmm. Right He lies to his wife He lies to his neighbors And says I'm going to go out And you know Have some fun again and, and start stealing chickens And whatever these farmers make That of course Causes the farmers To go nuts And they really Put a bounty on his head And start coming after him And so uh, It sounds already Like There's a plot In this film Right the movie technically is it awesome to watch. Like, is it like a, a heist? Do they set it up like a heist film? There are heist portions of the movie, mm-hmm. but uh, like they're like they're gonna pull off the job. Mm-hmm. But there's three jobs because there's three different farmers, and uh, and there are all sorts of themes that go through it, like like his place in the community. Uh, he has a relationship with a son, which isn't that great. A cousin comes to live with him, who starts to upstage the son in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And so there's feelings of inadequacy with, with his son, and he has to make that connection. Uh, I found myself watching this film and thinking about another movie that came out recently about growing up and that had a lot of technical prowess, and that was um, Where the Wild Things Are. And I think that this movie did, uh, was, was a lot more effective in conveying the feelings of responsibility in, in, in growing up while having an amazing uh, display to put on Technically, I mean, th- this is a lot of fun to watch. And from the beginning, the movie is very funny. Mm-hmm. So the script is tight. The adaptation of this Roald Dahl book is, is done really, really well. The voice cast, I mean, this is the best. I, I, love, I love Up, but listening to the actors in this movie really made me enjoy uh, the film quite a bit. Um, and just listening to the way that they're, they're playing with each other, I mean, it feels like you could put the actors back in the movie and still have a lot of t- fun watching it. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a creative film, and, and immediately this is one of my. Mm, I described the movie earlier today to our good friend Brent Moore on the Geekscape forums as being good and almost great, right? Why I, wasn't it great? Though? Uh, pacing. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, because sometimes there's a tone of a heist movie, sometimes there's a tone of a bit of a melodrama, sometimes there's a tone of a, a Wes Anderson movie, and then sometimes there's a, a the tone of a of an escape movie. You don't quite get. Uh, the, you don't quite get the balance that if you, you had like a like a like a for sure plot line like a like a unique goal that the character is going for and it's got an ensemble you know what I mean there are scenes that don't have Mr. Fox in it at all where you deal with the the the, the son or you deal with just the neighbors or you deal with the wife and uh, in that way the ensemble feels like a Wes Anderson movie and it, I guess Wes Anderson it, you know the leisurely pace with which his movies go along yeah like. It really does feel like one of their earlier Wes Anderson movies that doesn't substitute pace for character and uh, and plot for character, and it just feels good to have that balance again, where the characters aren't just totally drowning out where this movie's going. But You're, visually, I, I've seen you know like, it's awesome. Yeah, it looks visually. It visually, looks... the movie is awesome, and it's in in a lot of the gags are just in the way it's animated. Mm-hmm. Who's this movie for? <sighs> That is a good question. I think that you could definitely bring kids to see this movie. Oh, but it's not primarily a kids movie. No, we we went uh, we went to the landmark last night, and uh, Laura and I enjoyed it. It looked like a lot of people uh, that were older than us were there, and they were enjoying it. I feel like this is a pretty. Uh, well, it's tough because it's definitely an indie film, 
but I feel like it does. It definitely has wide appeal. I mean, this is a movie that might go down as being remembered in the same light as like uh, the classic Willy Wonka, and these and, and these movies that were made for kids and but adults can enjoy them. And even though they may come out and not immediately do well, uh, when revisiting it, you're really going to enjoy like a lot of the scenes. Mm. Bill Murray's character as a badger, who's his lawyer, is phenomenal. Uh, Adrian Brody has a small role as a little mouse. Mm-hmm. It was one of my favorite characters, and ah. it, oh, it's it, it, the, the movie Small has the, the, this movie has so much heart in it, uh, and you really get that in the way that they're animated and everything's portrayed, and uh, that's really what the movie is about, you know, growing up but not losing your sense of self. Um, so I definitely recommend. So that's definitely a recommendation. Yeah, pe- people, it. people, people sometimes say, "Man, Jonathan, do you not love it? Do you not like anything?" Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's true. Uh, you guys know I do recommend a lot of movies. Hell, I recommended you go see 2012 with your drunkest, dumbest friends. <laughs> you really should have been drunk, uh, like, honestly. It's... That's not an option for me, Gilmore. That movie was ass. Uh, but, uh, but Fantastic Fo- Mr. Fox is a good date movie. It's a good movie to go see with your friends. And again, you're going to be laughing throughout. There's a part where it might get a little slow, but luckily it's a 90-minute movie. And, uh, and it's awesome. And... Uh, you know who else also surprised me that's in the movie? The lead singer of Pulp is in the film. A Stephen Modern boy you know from the forums? Is that him? Huge fan of Jarvis Cocker. Of course and, he is. Uh, and he voices a musician in the film. So it, it's an awesome movie to watch and to, to listen to. Great voice cast, great animation. Speaking of some phenomenal special effects, i got to talk about something I got in the mail. Uh, can I talk about this? Yeah. And we can segue into TV. Can I do this, Gilmore? Yep. Hey guys, when I first moved to LA, I started working as a delivery guy. Well, I was a PA in one office building, and I met a guy who had a big Spider-Man 2 poster in his office. Spider-Man 2 hadn't even come out yet. His name was Ian Kerner. You guys know him. He's a guest on the show every now and then. And he was such a huge geek, and we just started. We just spent like lunches and days talking about movies, video games, and comic books. He recommended this. In, in like, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to watch. It looks silly. He kept recommending this show for, to me called Farscape. He had it on, on, on DVDs, and the DVDs were like $100 a season. Like, the DVDs have always been really expensive for Farscape. And, uh, and I watched them. And then I started kind of like, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Kirsten, she started watching them with me. And then she started getting hooked, and I was like, oh my god, like, a, a sci-fi series that Kirsten could watch? Kirsten's not like Laura. You know, Laura will play the DS. Laura will kind of watch, like, some Avatar Last Airbender with me. Right. Kirsten wouldn't have stood for any of that shit, mm-hmm. right? She's like, that, whatever. That, that, you know. Keep in mind, I wouldn't be doing Geekscape for very long, if at all. I'd still be with Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the thing. Like, the series was uh, ran its course. They had a, uh, a little movie to end it. That went, like, what, five seasons? And that was it. And that was that was Farscape. They talked about doing a web series. They've recently done comic books. But Farscape just kind of was like its own thing, like Babylon Five. You know what I mean? It wasn't a, it wasn't a franchise like Star Trek or Star right, Wars. Right. And what's great about it was, what I thought was part of the appeal of it was that there were Muppets, and that it treated uh, sci-fi concepts in a fun way, as much as it was a smart way. Mm-hmm. You know, you have wormholes, you have time travel, you have alternate universes that don't get canceled out, and they run, uh, you know, alongside the main plot line of the show, and the characters go in and out. These are all sci-fi concepts you've seen in a lot of sci-fi shows, but there was a lot more Star Wars than Star Trek in here, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and the show is about, for those of you guys who don't know Farscape, it was about a, uh, a test pilot who was flying uh, this te- this test vehicle out in, the, in in orbit, and he accidentally triggers a wormhole. Right. And he shows up in the middle of nowhere, and almost like the beginning of Star Wars, this is this this slave ship is escaping. Mm-hmm. And he runs afoul of it. He gets pulled into the ship, and everybody's speaking a different alien language. And these guys are all escaping from this evil empire type. Mm-hmm. And he kind of gets pulled in with their struggle. Right. But they think he's an idiot because he's from Earth. Yeah. You know, they're advanced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's this really it's funny. Primitive Earth. There, there, there's this really funny joke uh, when I was watching the series where they're all shooting. You know, he starts shooting a laser gun at, at, at these bad guys, and they're like, "Don't shoot it. That that's flammable." He goes, "What?" How's it flammable? They go, just read it on the side of the thing. It says it's flammable. And, and he's like, I, that thing doesn't have any writing on it. They're like, you can't read that? And the writing is so small, and then all their eyes are so much more advanced than ours. Right. They're so <laughs> he, much more evolved. He can't, he can't read like the flammable right. side on it. Right. And they're like, don't be shooting at that thing. Um, 
So he's like basically, he's got no skills in this world. And he's a great character to follow through the world because of that. Yeah, it's you know, ben you, re- it's you ben really Bowder. discover yeah. you discover all these like weird things about. And that, 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 in, Ben Bowder and, and Claudia Black they went on to do uh, Stargate. Mm-hmm. And now I never watched the series all the way through like dedicated like you did. Yeah. I, I would watch it when it was on when it was on Sci Fi, the old Sci Fi Channel. And uh, and what I always liked about it is the tone of it. It has this like really fun kind of humorous kind of tone to it. Which is hilarious, and it's a it's become a really huge property for Jim Henson now, because the Jim Henson company doesn't own the Muppets anymore. In fact, right. in fact, they don't call their puppets Mupp. They're not allowed to call their puppets Muppets anymore. Because Disney bought it. Because uh, Disney owns the, uh, the Muppets. So you know, technically, you should be calling them puppets in Farscape. Well, Jim Henson Productions created this show. Brian Henson directed a lot of uh, these episodes, and they just brought out. Farscape the complete series I'm about to crack this thing open and watch it throughout the month of December with Laura but this thing has all 88 episodes uh, 15 hours of bonus features on 26 discs I mean this thing is a serious box before this thing was released you had to buy each season individually without that many extras and each season was like over $100 to buy Uh, so this is the first time it's contained it's got do you know uh, how much it's going to be for everybody else? it's got a rarely seen long sought after behind the scenes special it's got three archival documentaries. It's got 31 audio commentaries, deleted scenes, director cut, uh, director's cuts, uh, behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and the characters, creative team. Um, there's a documentary on the composer. There's original TV promos. The one thing I, I can't nail down just in looking at the box or in the uh, in the release brief is whether or not it has that additional uh, Farscape movie that, that they did after the, the summation of the series, The Peacekeeper Wars. That can definitely be found pretty cheaply on DVD, uh, but I'm going to get in on this thing and start watching them. I know Laura is pretty excited about it, but yeah, the Farscape the Complete Seasons 1 through 4, and um, I think they're cheap. I, I think this thing is under $100 for $100. It looks like it says it's $45. It, 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 oh, no, no, you know what? Here it is. Here it is. Oh, no. The collectible oh, price of $150.95, mm-hmm. $149.95, and it comes out uh, this week, November 17th, so That's I would look bad. for it. It's not bad at all. You want to borrow this, right? Yeah. All right. Let, let, let me spend the month of December watching this, and then in the new year, when, when you lose your job, you can watch this, all right, when they do cutbacks. Okay. Well, okay, who do you think will have more time on their hands? You, Nar, or Bibiani, who also wants to watch this? Me. You. Well, I use TV as a coping mechanism, so I need it more. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Nar and I are only on work on the heads up. He does science in the movies every now and then. Guys, Bibiani. He writes. He writes a lot. I know. I know. I know. He, he, he's pro- he, so, so, he's so, a prolific. I, I'm just trying to think. Like, I who, love who, that you took us and the audience aside. Guys, 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 don't really do shit. No, uh, guys, who, who do you think should? Who, who, who do you think should borrow this? Me. But, but Gilmore, you work your ass off at that job. You're never. You're always but at that work. fucking job. You don't get emails from me until three days later when you get around to checking it. That's true. You're I a piece it. of shit, dude. I get. I can guarantee you, it won't be you. No, I wake up and I watch uh, TV just so I have something. What that I TV enjoy. do you watch? What are you talking about? What TV do you watch? Guys, who do you Every think between Nar and no. Bibiani? And plus, you you scratch your fucking ass with your DVDs. You treat your DVDs like horror, like coasters and stuff. You treat your DVDs and your That's car not like. True. A, Is that true? Dude, yes. No. Have you seen the in, Have you seen the inside of this guy's car? No, I've never seen it. No, that is kind of a mess. Yeah. Dude, yeah. it's your life. You are how you treat your things, right? Not. Really. What are you running from? Everything. You know what I mean? Like that, that's really what it is. Like if you abuse the things that you own, then 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 you're really abusing yourself. And uh, and so so now I'll, I'll let you or Bibiani borrow okay. this. Okay, you can go to hell. Cool. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. Me. I'm actually I'm actually in the first thanks to Bibiani. I'm actually in the first season of Avatar. The last thing I've been around is so fucking great. We got this kid on the really forums who just picked it up and he, and so he was hesitant. Love it. But he's into it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's We're great. almost done with season two. We just. What else have you been watching? Yeah, well, what, what's uh, your watch? Because because you know I like sci-fi TV. Like I really like. Uh, if you get good sci-fi TV, you can just kind of get into it more than a sci-fi movie mm-hmm. you really can't um so i'm always out on the lookout for you know what are the new ones that are gonna maybe last and so um i i gave v and flash 4 both a shot 
Flash forward's a thing that looks like the seven o'clock news. Now, flash forward is it's uneven. It's really uh, uh, but it's, nah, man, yeah. that guy made Blade Three. Yeah, but D David Goyer, yeah, is the creator of it and oh, writes a couple God. episodes. Is anyone helping him? Um, <laughs> like the Nolan <laughs> brothers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like every. It's like You're there's rude. like a really good episode, and there's some story. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like the last few seasons of Lost. Is like there will be a good episode about characters that you care about, and then there will be like a really flat, lame, boring episode about characters you could give a shit about. But the thing is, it's pretty violent. Somebody just pretty, goes, "That's how I feel about the movie." It, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. It's pretty violent it's and, and disturbing at times, like people committing suicide. I mean, it's on at eight o'clock on a primetime network, you know, like on a network on abc and i'm a little surprised by kind of how uh how edgy it is um but you know i can't highly recommend it i say if, if you're if you want to give it a shot and see if you know if it if it you know appeals to you do it and v was not good now v is a lot less good it's like um <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's uh, it's a shame too because I think we all have nostalgia for the old miniseries. Oh yeah, and um, we like Miranda Bacher. Remember Mark Singer? Yeah. Like we wanted, to, I wanted to interview Mark Singer. Mark, Mark Singer, the Beastmaster. Yeah, the I wanted, original I wanted to interview Beastmaster, him. Remember I wanted dude. to interview him at Wizard World. He wouldn't, that, he wouldn't take an interview. With Why him? wouldn't he do it? He was too much of a know. hot shit. No shit. I don't, yeah, he I don't Eli Roth us. You know what? Because he's Brian Singer's cousin. He's like, is he really Brian Singer's cousin? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, at any rate, um, he attends his sex parties. Yeah, and you know the best. The best thing about it is the leader of 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 the alien invasion you just mentioned uh, from Firefly. Yeah. Um, and, but she's hardly in it. Oh no. And it's I don't know, man. It's just it's just kind of it's just kind of dumb. It's just kind of dumb. The so what, so what do we watch? Like Laura and I, are, you uh, know, we finished the third season of Dexter. We want something else on Netflix. What do you recommend? I like Fringe. I think Fringe has gotten a okay. lot better since right. last Bibiani season. Bibiani and Nar say Fringe. Um, Actually, start watching Fringe. Because here's okay. the thing about okay. Fringe. Fringe. Okay. It has a really great ongoing uh, storyline about a multiverse kind of invasion that kind of has this. UFO alien invasion X Files feel, okay. and when they're not doing that, you know, major story arc, they're then having the monsters of the week type X File episodes. If you are a fucking fan of X Files, you're gonna love Fringe because I was a big X Files. Uh, Fringe has gotten really good, and that's kind of the show that oh. I recommend. I wrote it down. All right. Uh, what about <laughs> what? What about the one that you guys are always talking about, Mad Men? Mad Men is the one. fucking best show. Mad Men's phenomenal. Emmy award watching. Okay. So amazing. YouTube guys. Show. Yeah, but oh, I don't listen to the Emmys. I don't listen to that shit. I listen to YouTube guys. Mad Men is the best show on television, no doubt. Okay. No, I like Dexter this season. No doubt. I like Mad Men. Okay. Really? Dexter this season is just as good. Well, don't spoil it because I'm watching it on DVD sets. If you're not watching Mad Men, you've got to start now. Yeah, it's on the Netflix instant queue. And it's the, on the season Netflix finale queue. just went up. Season 3 season finale just went up. It's okay. the best finale they've had. Uh, through the first part of December, the entire third season is on on demand. Oh, how cool. Okay. And then uh, let me mention one more thing. I've never been a big Stargate person but the new series, Stargate Universe, is actually pretty good. Um, really? It's, it, it doesn't have quite enough, quite enough character development for me. It's more of like a Star Trek kind of format where it's like there's a problem at the beginning of the, of the episode, and by the end of it, they solve it using their brains. But it's fun. It looks beautiful. It's shot in a really great way, more of a BSG kind of way. It has some good acting from Robert Carlyle. Um, it's definitely worth checking out and see if it floats your boat. Um, so guys, let's just, uh, pause for a second and talk about TV Gone By. Dollhouse was canceled. Finally. Yeah. Uh, was that a show that was put out of its misery, do you think? Yes. I, did, I never saw an episode. Yes. I never saw it. I, I watched one episode and I was just like, I'm just not. I followed it religiously because Did I you love, really? I love Joss Whedon and everything he's done. Yeah. But, and act just like the entire audience that had followed Dollhouse, only reason anyone watched that was because they were Joss Whedon fans. I don't right. think it picked up anybody okay. new because one eliza douche who can't carry a show mm. um the best episodes where everyone's like oh yes finally it's hit its stride are the episodes that are about other characters with uh really strong acting ability that wow. makes you like um, them i'm writing that down um and uh no but seriously though it was just a show that relied too much on its concept and not enough on its characters yeah. okay yeah. 
Yeah. Because every other show, like, was a hot, uh, of Joss Whedon's or things that he's done has been a co- high concept thing. Mm-hmm. But, but the he really wow great. exactly. He wows you because it's just like okay, mm-hmm. and this type of high concept shit. You also have your great characters, and it's one of those shows where you can prove people wrong. With and it's like you know what you should like this kind of stuff because it's good. But Dollhouse is not. Are bad. are they gonna let the thirteen? I think they're gonna go ahead and run the thirteen episodes for the season. Yeah, they should. Yeah, yeah no, they're gonna they're give it a proper. It. E- they are gonna give it a proper ending, but it's it's finished. Okay. Um, so, guys. Or at least getting a rush on that. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, real quick, let's talk about one of the trailers that came out this week. Uh, that one or that one? What should we talk about? Uh, I mean, I think we can mention about the, the, okay, let's kick, mention kick, both. Kick-Ass is going to be uh, a, the for sure the sleeper hit film of 2010. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a lot of people know what it is. Not a lot of people know what it's about. But it, it reminds me of like the Matrix. Not a lot of people knew what it was like back in night. But the word of mouth, which it, it was just like so good. Right. And you saw the Comic Con. I, I, right? I saw the Comic Con footage. I was blown away by it. So this trailer right. that was just released, though. Uh, I think it starts really strong, and then it just evolves into quick clips that I don't think tells a lot of people about what the movie is. But for a teaser, it teases. But I think the reason it feels that way is because this is so violent. Have you seen mm. the footage? I mean, all the fight is just so violent that what can they show in the trailer, right. really? Right. Well, we'll find out in March. And then the Clash of the Titans comes out. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and then you got this other movie, Clash, Clash of, the of the Titans. Titans. Yeah. What do you think of this? Are you big Clash of the Titans, classic Clash of the Titans I am. Of course. Uh, We loved all that stuff. The Ray Harryhausen stuff just had so much charm. If you were a kid growing up in the eighties, that you Medusa that, you scene loved it. in in the original Clash of Titans was one of the best action scenes. Like for me, it used to just up. terrify you, didn't it? Right. So great. It was horrific. Uh, all those Ray Harryhausen scenes, Seven Sword Voyage of Sinbad. Jason the Argonauts, those were the movies that you loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clash of the Titans was right up there with it. I was always hesitant of them remaking it, but Lawrence Leterrier, like really did a great job with the Hulk. Yeah, he uh, did. I became a fan of his and said, you know what? For, what? A, fran- for a franchise that was in John Singleton's hands, mm-hmm. let's see what, Laura, uh, what Larry Leterrier can do. And this trailer is the first evidence of that. Like, Of course, we knew that Liam Neeson had been cast as Zeus. We knew that uh, Sam Worthington from... Uh, Avatar was going to be in uh, Perseus and now we got ourselves the trailer I think this trailer looks like a good action film yeah it looked pretty metal man they, they, uh, it does look like like a it, metal is the word it's got metal music yeah, yeah. it looks badass it's got hot women big huge titans yeah and uh, and and you know what if you're going to play around with mythology this is the way it's got to be it's got to be in a God of War style scope. I think it's going to be a good good fucking movie man. if it's not it's going to at least be a fun movie yeah 2012 style. Yeah. Hopefully it's not it's not over two and a half hours. Don't drive this into people's I, I don't I don't You're think only encouraging Roland Emmerich. I'm, pretty, I'm only going to see 2012 once and that was enough for the Pretty sure there will be no characters in Clash of the Titans whose major character flaws bedwetting. So, right. Okay. Now you got that. <laughs> yeah, that so, was weird for Amanda Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, uh let's talk comic books. Um, the big comic book that I enjoyed this week uh, didn't get a lot to a lot of comic books actually. I've just been working pretty hard. Uh, but um, Brian Azzarello, you guys know him from Three Hundred Bullet, Hundred Bullets, and uh, you, Phil Noto is an uh, he's an artist. I'll pick up his artwork uh, no matter what he publishes. I think he's got this really great blend of a '50s '60s style. Um, and uh, he and Brian Azzarello have teamed up to start doing this. Uh, this is a one shot. It's Batman and Doc Savage, who's like an old pulp hero. And what DC is doing is they're creating this thing called First Wave. And what it is is it's coming out in March. And First Wave is all the powerless heroes. Like Batman doesn't have any powers, hmm. he's just a badass who can fight. Mm-hmm. The spirit created by uh, Will Eisner it doesn't have any powers. Denny Colt it just happened to survive dying and he's using the fact that everybody thinks he's dead to come back and you know stop crime doc savage dude just works out and is super smart all these kind of pulp heroes uh black canary is one of them in the dc universe they're starting to do uh, a, a book about these kind of street level uh crime fighters and in the series is going to be called first wave and they introduce it in this one shot where they got azarello writing this story about batman and doc savage meeting and it takes place real early in Batman's career. Batman's in his young twenties. Cool. Just starting out. He's been about. He's been the Batman publicly for about a month, and in this ser- and in this issue, 
he's framed for a murder. Doc Savage comes in saying, you know what, if Batman did shoot somebody between the eyes, there's got to be, uh, they, we got to put a stop to him. And so Doc Savage and Batman, of course, are going to butt heads. Um, and you know what, Brian Ezrell is writing. Sometimes, to me, I wasn't a big fan of when he took over for uh, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee on the Batman book a couple years ago. Uh, after the Husk storyline, the Hush storyline, remember that one? They did. The, they did the. It was a good storyline, and then uh, Brian Azzarello took over, and I. So his writing is sometimes hit, sometimes miss with me. Uh, it's hard to go anywhere after Hush, though. Yeah, Hush was good. Um, the writing here is good, but again, uh, Phil Noto's what really makes this a fun thing to read. Uh, his artwork. He did a. He did a, a book called The New West a couple years ago about an EMP which destroys all the technology in Los Angeles, and everybody's on horseback. Right, and it's really, really a cool series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody's got to like rescue the mayor's daughter or something like that. Horses are easier to come by than bikes. You, you can have bikes, but it's not faster than a horse. You get shot at. All right. Huh? You be on your bike. I'll be on my horse. All right. I'll see who catches who. In, in, we'll see. An engine see. And start my car. You can't do these things. There's, there's no technology. Because of the premise. It's all taken. Yeah, the technology has been wiped out. Right, so uh, Batman, Doc Savage special, that's out. And we'll see what this that's first wave is all about. This is a one-shot leading up to this whole streetwise superhero thing that they're doing in March. I'm looking forward to it. Streetwise. So guys, um, we got to get to video games because there's two big video games that have recently come out. Uh, luckily, my GameStop, they broke the street date on New Super Mario Brothers, so I've just started getting into that game. I'll tell you more about it next week once I've had a couple more hours behind it. But uh, this new Super Mario Brothers, you can do four players at a time. I tried playing it a little earlier with Bibiani. You can play competitively or cooperatively. And uh, it's a side-scrolling video game. We talked about it about uh, a little bit when we played at E3. But you play it sideways like the controller classically. You take the Wii remote, you put it sideways. And the shake function does work to give you a little bit of an extra jump. And then there's some suits that'll work with the shake, like the uh, propeller suit that you guys have read about a lot when you've read about this game. You have a little propeller on your helmet. When you jump, you give it a little extra shake and it'll send you spinning up into the air for some extra height. The new suit as well is the penguin suit, which causes you to be able to freeze things and slide around. Uh, It looks cool. I haven't gotten to those stages yet. Literally just picked the game up. But it's Bibiani's probably halfway Bibiani through. Bibiani is like halfway through the game in the other room. <laughs> huh, what? I heard my name. Let me get some more dogs into the room. Uh, but, uh, but as far as we owners looking for a game to buy this holiday season, that looks like the one to get. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm into it so far. And if you were a fan of the DS, New Super Mario Brothers, this, is, this plays almost the exact same. This is like the, uh, a mix between that one and I would say Super Mario World on the N60, uh, N60 uh, what, new Super Nintendo. What keeps you playing Super Mario Brothers? Uh, I just like the platforming mechanics and the little bits of puzzles that they put in the games. Like the Wii Remote here, there are a couple platforms that when you jump on them, uh, the way that the platform works uh, depends on your tilt of the remote control. So if you want to tilt a platform in the game, you have the Wii Wii Remote in your hand, you have to tilt the Wii Remote, and you can trigger certain things in your environment, grabbing things, throwing things, by using the Wii Remote. It's not like Wario Shake, but at the same time, it does make the game a little bit more fun. Would it be like what me and Gilmore were saying earlier, would it be a little more fun and interesting if we got a little more invested into stories and characters with the Mario Brothers universe. They've been around for 20 some odd years. Wouldn't it be cool if there was some kind of new villain that came along and killed one of the characters and really shook up the universe or did something, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the motivation to play it other than, oh, this is fun. But the story for Super Mario Brothers has never been there. You know what I mean? It's always been Rescue the Princess. But wouldn't it be cool if it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, Rescue the Princess? This yeah. is, th- th- I to mean, just audience. to be more. I mean, look, look at Zelda. Look, look at the Zelda games. Let's we'll talk about the, new, the the Nintendo first generation games. Look at the Zelda games. The Zelda games have always been like puzzles. You acquire equipment to get past the puzzles. End of story. But they actually have stories in their games. But they don't. They're all act sort of independent of each other. What you know about what I mean? Gay dudes? And then and then you've got uh, then you've got what the, the, Metro- what the fuck do they care if a princess is in trouble? <laughs> well, then, then you get the Metroid games. I can see why you don't play it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you raise a good point. Uh, the Metroid games, they, they do have a bit more of a storyline, but 
those first gen those first generation Nintendo games have never been about the story. But we're they've so always far been about a bit of repetition. It, yeah, yeah, they've evolved, shouldn't they? But look at the look at the sales figures. They don't need to evolve. And if the game is still mechanically fun, and if you're still inventing new mechanics for playing the game, those things can still keep their. But purity. I'm a little surprised, as a storyteller yourself, that you wouldn't want a better story as part of the game. Not 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 as mm. not that you need, I don't, necessarily I don't need needed to play it, but wouldn't it be an upgrade? I think the purity of those games is also what keeps them pretty fun and open for new people to pick them up like the appeal of those games is the purity of them as, uh, on some level and they are adding new mechanics this is a new game that we can play for the first time with four people at the same time mm. and make it a bit of a party game at the same time as it's a, a bit of a progression game but, yeah. and, and, but do you have them as well as these I mean these are the flagship games you know what I mean you can say we have first person shooters but unless it's Halo or modern, uh, you know, modern Warfare you don't have the best shooters yes we have party games we have platform games but having a, a mario brothers game you know that that's going to come with the prestige of having a actually being a lot of fun to play with your friends and it's got some really great mechanics to it so i think those games will always hold up i think the purity and the lack of storyline will always be part of the appeal and uh and if you want myself. something if you want something different go play shadow complex that's a great platforming game that has That's a great a cool story, story and stuff yeah. like that. No, yeah. but I've just always been for, and I understand exactly, you're 100% yeah. right, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to get this for your little niece, you mm -hmm. know? You wouldn't be able to, like, you don't want to see your little niece losing a friend, you know, a character that we care yeah, about. Yeah, let's have Luigi die, you sick fuck. <laughs> no, that was my idea. No, I'll of take course it was, because it's I'll horrible. Take, I'll take a bullet for that. <laughs> Nara wouldn't come up with that idea. I trust Nara as a creative equal. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I, I always thought, like, Disney has had fucking Mickey and Donald and Goofy like forever, and none of them have died. But I know, but the, the, <laughs> that's not the point. The point is, when's the last time? What's a great story you know where they were all involved? You know, what's stopping a great storyteller from telling a great story with the Disney characters? Great thing you've asked. I mean, the the new Epic Mickey that's coming out is a brand new video game based around the Mickey Disney universe. And a lot of people are talking about it because they they kind of switch the way it, he looks, and he like looks and it's more a like kind of mean. But and you guys, you now. guys have heard me argue the fact that Disney has the most recognizable character on the face of the planet. And well, is doing that's nothing just a statistical fact. Let's do it. People let's, know let's, Mickey more than they know. Like, and I and I love it. I love the fact that they're taking Mickey and they're, and they're taking him out. You don't necessarily have to do big overhauls to make those characters new. Superman hasn't changed. In how many years? I mean, these are the characters no, but who they, they have, are. Yeah, but they, so they have when, some when, kind of conflict. You're when, talking about pop culture characters, all of whom will never have those resolutions. You will never see the end of a Spider-Man storyline. Unless it's it some creative like, Which is option. fine, but you'll get an enticing Spider-Man storyline as opposed to the same literal I'm thing. And, and what I'm telling you is I'm enticed by the purity of sitting down for 15 minutes and being able to play through a level and then have some creative little mechanics and being able to find a couple coins. And that's the, that's the fun of the game. It's okay. It's playing it. Yeah, not, yeah, it's playing it's playing it's playing it, not necessarily getting like a full storyline. You know what I mean? Like like we have games for that. RPGs, we have all sorts of big story driven games. This the, the It serves the, its a certain they purpose, serve their purpose. And it's the greatest platformer of all time. I mean another great game that came out okay, this, this yeah. week actually has a lot of depth to it in the stories are a huge part of it, right? And, and we're that, talking about Modern Warfare too. And that Mar brings played through played through the game. I haven't, I haven't finished. Haven't I only have it? a few hours into it. But Graham played through it. He said it's great. Okay, well, it is great. I'm a Call of Duty dude. I'm not really big into Halo, and I know I'm probably pissed off a lot of the geeks here, but you know, it's just, it's just not my thing. Definitely more Call of Duty. Uh, Modern Warfare, the first one, favorite FPS of all time. Hmm. Um, had a, it just do you agree with him, Gilmore? Oh God, no. really? No? Are I, you? A, I didn't. I didn't finish it. Halo. I enjoyed. Oh, I, Halo. Okay. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed Geekscape it. I didn't finish it. Halo. Yeah. Um, Geekscape is Halo. We're awesome. huge Halo. We're I, no, a huge I, Halo know. Site. I know. I know. I don't know, man. Uh, you go on the forums over on Geekscape.net. A lot of people are talking about this. Uh, oh, this is Modern Warfare. Warfare. No, they're great games. Modern they're Warfare fucking awesome great. games. Oh, yeah. you woke up, Lucy. <laughs> she'll. She'll. She's already back. How sweet is she? You know, uh, it it looks gorgeous. It plays awesome. Um, the uh, it takes up uh, five years after the the first game, and in the first game, the the, the main antagonist was uh, this guy named Zakayev, who's like the leader of this ultranationalist uh, party in mm -hmm. in Russia, and um, and you kill him at the end of the first game. If okay. you remember, uh, now uh, they've turned him. The ultranationalists have take, taken over Russia, and they've turned him into a martyr. And one of his lieutenants, Bakarov, is now the antagonist of, of, of this game. Um, 
my, I think it's a, it's an awesome game. It plays nice. So far, I'm about half. I don't even know if I'm halfway through it. I, I have a few hours into it, but um, uh, the the story doesn't seem as strong. It's it's a it's a little kind of weird. And I, you guys have probably heard about the uh, controversial the controversial level, level, level here. It's an early level, so it? I'm assuming uh, people have played it. The controversy is, and I've seen the the footage. Uh, of the level being played, you've got uh, the, your main character, and you want to get one in, of your main characters. And you want to get in with these with this group, right? You you want to kind of uh, infiltrate the group, and in order to do it, you have to prove your loyalty to them. So they have you go into a a, a public airport. Yeah, in you go Russia, into this Russian airport and just start laying bullets into innocent civilians. Like literally, it's and it's like, a slaughter. It's, it's like brutal. fucked up, dude. Like I was playing it, and and you can choose and, to skip the level. No, too. but you clap now. And I've never been anyone who's who's thought like maybe video game violence is you know excessive, horrible, or it's bad, or for us, or, or I'm definitely not for censorship in any way. But playing this level, like you, you, I, you just stop shooting because I, I just stopped shooting. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking just cut that. There's something about them screaming and yelling and running away, and it just yeah. feels so real. And they're kind of strong. You're kind of strolling through the airport in a very disturbing, cold way. The way like the Columbine people like, oh, like wow. uh, strolled through the fucking high school. It's just a little disturbing. And and so I'm like, fuck. But I could understand it if it served the story in a way that that your character stayed with this group and they played the CIA plot line out for a few levels. But they don't do that. Uh, At the don't spoil. End, don't spoil. Uh, uh, but but yeah, that's your big complaint. They don't do it. And so there's really no reason. Like you, you think it was just included there for shock or it, for publicity? It seems gratuitous. Yeah, it doesn't well, no, really had, serve the They story. had that level in the last Modern Warfare, the most disturbing thing. Because if you, you can YouTube or, you know, other, you know, footage of actual people shooting from helicopters. Yes. And how, you know, sort of oh, like yeah. that heat vision yes. type of, and it's like... Like, and and you had a level like that in modern. But those in, were in enemy. Person. Those were clearly enemy soldiers. No, no, no. But nonetheless, these were people. No, you were hitting some innocent people, and you some were because you suck at the game. And uh, no, no, no. But you, you were. Um, I've seen you shoot in fucking Grand Theft Auto for like eighteen minutes. I love it. That was that helicopter shit beat your ass. Anyways, so um, but the 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 blase way in which they say like, got him. Oh, yeah, you got another bug. It's like. These are human lives, and yeah. this is what this actually looks like when people are doing this. So that was really disturbing. So that I, it's that, weird that, that they have that theme in Modern Warfare. Huh. It, did, uh, it makes you think. That's well, the cool thing about that game. I, I guess one one reason that this the, the purpose that it serves plot wise is that they pin this terrorist act on the American infiltrator so that the whole of Russia gets upset enough that Russia invades America. Mm -hmm. And then you see that from the trailer. Yeah, you and see so, that. So then all of a sudden you're fucking playing Red Dawn and it's like Wolverine. And you're enjoying that part uh, of the game? Yeah, and that's, that's yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to be in like a, an American suburb, you know, fighting against the, the Russians they've, who are perishing. They've talked about the launch of this game as the biggest entertainment launch ever. And did huge. I mean, numbers. this thing is huge. Oh, but what was the what were the sales numbers on the know. first? It was Don't fucking retarded. But it's obvious you guys. A lot of you are playing this game. Uh, Nar says it's enjoyable. Of course, we got to talk about that stuff, the controversial aspects of it. But you know what? We only have an hour on this show, so we're running out of it. Uh, real quick, I just want to let you guys know. You guys can watch Nar right now every Thursday night at eight o'clock on the Science of the Movies on Discovery Science Channel. Just look at your cable provider, see what channel it is, and tune in at 8 o'clock. If you guys live overseas, go on the Geekscape forums, talk to each other, tell each other like where this is. I know we got a lot of Canadian viewers. A lot viewers. of cool stuff coming up, I know too. We have a lot Industrial of British people. Light and Magic, Skywalker Ranch, South Park Studios, I interviewed Trey oh, Parker. Get, no, yeah. really? Yeah, I met One the, of my heroes. Yeah, it's fucking great. So a lot of cool shit you're going to see. Oh, i got to watch episodes. that episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so guys, that is, that is um, Science of the Movies. Uh, also, we've got a heads up. If you go to craveonline.com, you guys can find heads up. Nar and I work on that show. We enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, also, find us on Facebook. 
Go search for Geekscape and look for us. Uh, become our fan and talk to other Geekscapists. You can always find us at geekscape.net, especially on the forums. That's where we like to talk, hang out with each other. And, of course, you're putting new articles up on geekscape.net slash features, which is always fun to read. Uh, we got t-shirts for $10. We're giving them away practically now. We're almost out. When, when, when they're almost, you know, we're going to get new merch. I just have to get my act together. So come out, support us. We're working away for you guys. Uh, you guys know the guys who did the theme song, Punchline? Uh, John Ballon from Punchline, uh, he has, he, he, he's now dedicated himself to a new band called Gene the Werewolf. And they've given us a music video to play at the end of this episode. And I wanted to help him out because I love the theme song for the Geekscape. And uh, John's a great guy. And I really like the sound. If you guys like sort of like a cock rocky uh, with some synth and uh, wailing guitars kind of music... Um, you guys will enjoy this band So here's the music video It's Gene the Werewolf uh, I think it's a hilarious video It's got explosions and a chase sequence So here it is And we'll see you guys next week in New York City So thank you for joining us Oh, Gilmore I got you a gift Oh my god, yeah, that is awesome It's a chocolate backpack Here you go That's awesome I almost forgot Oh. We'll see you guys next week Snorry Lucy how creepy is that?
being. Why are you trying to kill me? I said don't move. I'll do it. You know what? Normally I would have that knife out of your hand in three seconds and stab you before you even knew what happened. Normally. I'd like to see you try. Well, today, you want to see something? I wasn't prepared for this. Gene, I gotta run. Don't worry. You're gonna be okay. No, I won't. It's my time. I'm okay with that. But, but you're banned. They need you. No. They need you now. Please. You were born for this moment. You're damn right I was. Sinking further down to the 